So uh, happy birthday, Mike. Even though where you are, it is no longer your birthday. In fact, it's February where you are. Oh, wow. Look at that. Living in the future. Yeah, we are time traveling today. Watch out. Um, So yeah, so we we had a brief guest appearance from Aaron and Declan who were serenading you earlier, which we will Mm -hmm. probably not include in the show because Declan was supposed to sing and uh, he didn't. Instead, He just licked your microphone instead, which (laughs) was fantastic. He quite literally licked my microphone repeatedly. Like full on, like it was an ice cream. Yeah, like it was a lollipop or something. Uh, So uh, we're just going to dive right in. Happy birthday, sir. Thank you. Do you feel old? <laughs> I don't know if I do, and and I think that that is in part because of what I have written as our first bullet point in today's document, that 29 is a terrible age. How <laughs> did you come to that conclusion? It does. It's a, it's a nothing. It's a nothing age. It, it means nothing. Well, so right? is because most of them. No, but... It's because of where it is. 28 was fine. 27 was fine. But 29, I'm not really in my 20s anymore, like really. And I'm not uh, 30 yet. I'm pretty sure 29 begins with 20. So you are still well, in your 20s. I know, like, they're, like technically, right? And cor- and factually, <laughs> right? That, that, but it's it's like that there is kind of just... I don't know. It's like it's it doesn't really count anymore because I'm now counting to 30 right <laughs> quite quickly and i'm okay. not 30 so 29 is kind of a crappy age to be i see so you are in your late 20s you don't have the accomplishment of having hit 30 but yet you are barely in your 20s exactly a uh, friend of the show james thompson in the chat is saying i would pay good money to be 29 good money i'm pleased james has said this because i will not entertain complaints about people's ages relative to mine. Why is that? Because I know I'm going to get them. I just won't entertain them. This is my age and I'm unhappy with it. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let me be unhappy with the age that I am. Oh my goodness. We're going to talk about this later on actually. I have another I have another bullet point. Age is just a number. And we'll get to that later on. <laughs> you have to understand <laughs> listeners. It says in the show notes and I'm quoting mini topic colon Age is just a number, just like Mike said, with a nice little question mark at the end there. Because originally, Uh, it started off with, it just said, age is just a number. And then the further I went down it, uh, I ended up falling into this, like, just existential crisis feeling. That made me put the question mark there. Fair enough. Maybe it's not a number. Maybe it is a number. Who knows? So as we record, well, as I record anyway, it's still Tuesday. It's still your birthday. Um, what did you do today to celebrate the year of your birth and the day of your birth? I will say I did overall not have a good birthday. Why is that? That's terrible. Well, you're having a good I birthday know. now. Let's turn it around. But it, well, No, it got a lot better. Um, I can go through this. Okay. If, if you like. I would. This is, I think, the, the first birthday where I have been in my life where I've maybe been pretty much on my own for, for the majority of it. Like, um, I opened my birthday cards this morning on my own, and I don't think I've ever done that before. And this is because Adina is either traveling or was already at work? And I don't live at home anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, on my last birthday, my mum wasn't living with us, but... I was at home and my mum doesn't work Mondays, so she came 
to the house that we were in, right, her house. She came from my grandma's house, which she now owns. She came and I saw her on my birthday. Mm -hmm. um, And she gave me her birthday card. Before that, she was living with us and it was a weekend. And then the year before that, it was a weekend as well. So I was always with family opening cards and or gifts if there were any I, I haven't really had birthday gifts for a long time it's usually just like cards and gift certificates and money because i'm really hard to buy for and my birthday so close to christmas right. that everybody's already worked out you know like everything that they could ever buy me so birthdays are usually just about the money um <laughs> not not in a bad way i mean like that's what people give me like if people are going to give me anything they give me money um anyhow uh, so I opened my uh, yesterday. I thought this was really funny. Like yesterday, I I had I had afternoon tea with my mum and my grandma. Mm -hmm. um, I bought I bought them afternoon tea at the Ritz. Uh, oh, how very British! So we went together, and that was really nice. And uh, I booked it the day before my birthday just by accident, and then it was good because then it meant that I saw them, and they were happy with that, and I didn't have to to like do anything special with them today because today was still a work day for me but i opened my birthday cards on my own and yesterday i thought that was really funny but when i actually did it today it was super sad oh mike because it was just me sitting in my living room at 9 30 a.m after i'd eaten my breakfast and i'm just opening my birthday cards and what there was nobody there to wish me a happy birthday why didn't you like do it with Adina in the morning or perhaps like in the evening or something like that? So Adina woke me up in the morning. Um, and also this morning, it was still funny until it happened. <laughs> right? Because my only feeling of this was it was funny. Uh, and then, so Doug just suggested Periscope in the chat room. When I made this joke, yesterday evening to Adina, she said, why don't you periscope it? And I think I said, I'm not really sad about it. And also that kind of feels a little bit more sad, even, <laughs> even if I was sad about it. So yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, that was, that was, that, that, that kind of set the day off in maybe not a great way. And then I was way busier than I wanted to be today, way busier than I could have been really. Then my internet went down. Oh, wonderful. Then I didn't get to go to the gym, um, which I wanted to do, even though I didn't want to do it, if that makes sense. I don't yeah, ever yeah. want to go to the gym, but I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. um, and um, then someone sent me a really annoying email, mm -hmm. which I don't want to get into, but you've seen it. And someone was a tool bag to me <laughs> about something really ridiculous, but something that I'm self-conscious of. Right. And then, but even though that person ended up apologizing to them because I do something that I rarely do and I tore him a new one, uh, which I felt was completely justified. You've seen the email. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. No, no, no. I, th I thought it was justified. I, I think that this person was being unfairly petulant about something they really had no right to be angry about. And you basically said that. And I saw bits and pieces of the exchange and it ended with this individual saying, I'm sorry that I was wrong, which... Yeah, which I appreciated. They were a grown-up. Mm -hmm. I think that they said something stupid to me. They they felt my wrath, which I thought was balanced because I don't... <laughs> uh, I, I try and do my best at that. If I'm going to reply, I try and not make it too... Uh, I try and be careful with it. And then uh, they apologized, so I thought I was fine. Uh, and then, through a misunderstanding completely on my part, 100% on my part, mm 
Uh, I thought Adina hadn't got me a birthday gift of any kind. Mm-hmm. She, it, it, to her mind, explicitly told me in a message today that she w- that I would have my gift in the evening. I kind of misread that and thought that she just meant it was like the cupcake that she was going to bring me, ah, which she told mm-hmm. me she was going to bring me. And and I think it was just because I was a little bit emotionally raw today uh, that that happened. But no, she came home and she had a selection of fantastic gifts for me because she's oh. the best person on the planet. Um, she bought me a coloring book that I really wanted. <laughs> Are you familiar with the character Pusheen? I feel like I've heard that before, but I am no, I have no like picture in my head. If you Google Pusheen, you know who Pusheen is. P U S H E E N. E E N. When okay. we were out in New York, Pusheen Tiff cat. had a Pusheen coloring oh, book. Oh, 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 oh! This is that cat game and cat. Yeah, no, but yes, I know why you'd think that. But no, Pusheen is like just this this cartoon character. It's been in stickers. There are some amazing uh, iOS stickers, some Pusheen stickers for like the, the Apple sticker packs mm-hmm. uh they're they're the, they're the best and yeah so tiff had this pushing um coloring book uh which mm-hmm. actually uh Syracuse's daughter also got and they and she had these like amazing pastel colors i'm gonna find a an instagram photo that tiff took which is of this um and i mentioned that i really wanted it because i loved the pushing character and the colors were amazing so adina was incredible and because we kind of like Googled, looked around for it while we were there and we couldn't find like a, a pack of the colors that Tiff had. So I was like, oh, don't worry about it. Like I'll, I'll get it another time or something. I then forgot about it. She tracked down all of the colors and bought them all individually to get me the five colors that I was looking for. Wait, I'm sorry. Slow down a second. So it was two stages. It was the coloring book. But mm-hmm. then you had a specific rainbow of colors of pens or markers or some such that you wanted. Is that I correct? wanted the five that Tiff had because I thought that they worked best for like the aesthetic of Pusheen. With, I got like, you. Just pastel okay. color and stuff. Sorry, so I, I, I didn't quite make that leap with I'm you. Sorry. I'm with no, no, you. I know it was a little bit confusing. Uh, but yeah, I wanted that exact thing. And we we saw if we could get the pack on UK Amazon, like a, just a coloring pack, and they didn't have them. So I kind of stopped looking, but she kind of kept that in her brain because, again, the best. And then she bought it for me. Mm-hmm. And then also um, she's getting me. We just need to arrange a date because my calendar is crazy. Um, and a, a one-day barista course. <laughs> oh, that's Last cool. year she bought me a one-day cocktail class, which was uh-huh. fantastic. Um, and this year she got me a one day uh, barista course, and uh, she made my day a lot better, a Aww. lot better. And I'm not, I'm not. I will say this, Casey, because it's the only place I will say it on. I don't really think I should say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, I cried a little bit in the happy way or the not so happy way. In a in a great way. Because, oh, okay, well, good. In, like you know, because I felt really terrible today, and uh, she came home and and made me feel a lot better. And Aww. so there you go. That's the best. And now it, make, it makes it, it, for me anyway, it makes it so much better because I know who you're talking about. And, and well, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. But, you know, I've actually met Adina now, so I understand. And that's great. That, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad she turned that smile upside. I can't even say that with a straight face, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm glad she improved your day. Um, mm-hmm. So I've had, a t- I've had a weird birthday. <laughs> I've had a really <laughs> say, weird birthday. I'd say so. Um, well, hopefully that we'll, we'll cruise from here. Um, and I think the way we're going to do that is by talking about your birthday ad nauseum. So, <laughs> uh, let's dig in. Um, 
do you, would you say that you generally like to have a big extravagant birthday? Like is a mellow birthday no. like today normal for you or do you or do you typically like to do like the all day bender throwdown sort of thing? I feel about birthday celebrations, birthday parties similar to how I feel about New Year's Eve. Okay. In that I feel there are very similar expectations for these nights that birthday parties and New Year's Eve parties have to be the best nights out that you can have, right? Like especially if you're going out and partying with friends. They have to be the best. So they are expectations that you can never live up to. Uh, A lot of the time because of that, the, the fun can feel almost forced in a way, because everybody knows that they should really be having the most fun possible. Mm-hmm. And there is also, at least I've had this in my life, of in these scenarios, like birthday parties or whatever, people letting me down, you know? Like mm. people pulling out last minute, mm-hmm. um, people uh, kind of making the party about them yep. instead of about me. So I have not had a night out birthday party um maybe in, in like five years because oh. i just am not i'm just not interested in doing them anymore i am happier to do a, a small thing with with adina you know like so we just she got me a cake today we had dinner together at home and we're gonna do some stuff this weekend including going to see the lego batman movie which i'm very excited about <laughs> nice and that's that's all I that's all I want. I I don't want any big parties or anything like that because I, I want even if those things don't happen, you know, like let's say it does end up being the best night. I mean, my twenty first birthday party was one of the best nights. Like, it wasn't a party, but like it was a bunch of us went out as friends, and it was fantastic. It was one of the better birthdays that I had. But I still felt this way about these things then. But you know, people can surprise you. Um, but you know, I, I I just even if it ended up where it could be the best night out, or even if it was that way, like I would just the whole time just be thinking that it was going to suck. And I sound like I don't know, like a whatever the birthday version of Scrooge would be. Um, but it's not. I think that other people should have birthday parties. But I just know that my history of birthday parties has just never been great. And I'm turning thirty next year. No pressure. Um, I'm not going to have a party, um, I don't think. I mean, maybe I'll do a get-together with friends, but we're thinking... Adina's birthday is in October, mine's in January. Um, we were considering like going on a nice, really fancy holiday together mm-hmm. um, and calling it a day, you know, like, and, and that would be enough for me. Well, that's if we are not like way too deep into wedding savings at that point, who knows? Um, <laughs> but that's kind of the plan. So we're go- both going to be 30 within like a two and a bit month gap. So we're going to find a way to celebrate it together. I think, I think that's a smart idea. And if you, uh, if you get frustrated by people making an event for you about themselves, Oh boy, let's talk about weddings. Cause Oh man, does everyone think that your wedding will be about them? Even though it well, is yeah, very much not. But I feel like people are less likely to let you down. On, a, yeah. on on your wedding day as opposed to like your birthday and also the wedding a, a birthday the party the birthday party 
is not all that a birthday is. That's not the birthday. But on a wedding, the wedding is the wedding. Like, so even if people didn't come, well, that's not the most important thing. Yeah, that's on my point. day that day, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, I agree. So, yeah, that's kind of my feeling on that one. Like, on my wedding day, I will want everyone to be there, but if they're not there, that's their loss because I'm going to go ahead and be happy because greatest day and all that. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally. All right, fair enough. So uh, let's talk about something that's awesome and then let's dig in a little bit. Today's episode of Analog is brought to you very kindly by our friends over at Linode. They give you fast, powerful hosting for your projects, and you can get that set up in just seconds. Linode have easy-to-understand tools that let you choose your resources and Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility that you need. And their plans start at just $10 a month for a 2-gigabyte Linux server in the Linode cloud. Linode has over 400,000 customers who are all serviced by the 24-7 support team. 400,000. That is a lot of customers. And they have this team there ready to help you whenever you need them. You can email them, call them, or even chat over IRC and the Linode community. How interesting is that? They have like this whole little IRC channel. You can go and chat with Linode people and just other Linode customers, I guess. If you <laughs> need help, Linode are there for you. They have comprehensive guides and support documentation to teach you everything you need to know for setting up and managing a virtual servers. Linode's control panel is nicely designed with a focus on ease and simplicity. It allows you to deploy, boot, resize, and clone in just a few clicks, they feature two-factor authentication to keep you safe, and you can create snapshot images of your disk volumes for backup and replication. Linode is the full package for your server infrastructure needs. They have the power you require, as well as the infrastructure and assistance that you want. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at linode.com analog, you'll not only be supporting us, you'll be getting $20 towards any Linode plan. And with a seven-day money-back guarantee, There's nothing to lose. Go to linode.com slash analog to learn more, sign up, and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or use the promo code analog2017 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show and RelayFM. So, Mike, age is just a number? (laughs) Well, this is what I have been pondering, Casey List. This is what I have been pondering. You put a question in this document. Would you like to read this question for me? Yeah, so we were brainstorming, you know, what to talk about today. And in a rare fit of actually participating in the show notes, I had added... A I wasn't co- going to say anything. I had added a couple of things to the show notes. And so I added kind of a leading question. And, and what I added was, is it weird working with someone who is nearly 35? Because um, as you're recording, I will be 35 next month. As I'm recording, I'll be 35 in, in two months, in, in March. And then I had a sub-bullet of, what about Jason, who, by my calculation, Calculations is 47. And so you're 29. I mean, that's a that's a healthy gap between you and me, but a very healthy gap between you and Jason. So is it peculiar working with with either of us, you know, either of us being between some and a fair bit older? I spent many years, maybe the last 10 years of my life, um, working with people of all ages. And in my very early 20s, um, I was a boss of people. Uh, and, and I was managing people twice my age hmm. in some instances, if not older. This is when you were at the uh, bank branch? Yeah. 
sometimes even closer to three times my age. Like, you know, there there were people there in the the late fifties um, that that I had to come in and manage. So working with people of all ages is not a thing that phases me, especially now because the people that I work with now, I don't have to be their boss. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not bossing anybody around now. I, I work with people. Um, nobody works for me. Yeah, but a, that's in interesting. Let's let's go on a sidebar here. So you don't feel like any of your co-hosts are, and I don't mean this word negatively, but I can't think of a better word for it. You don't think of us as like subordinate to you or, nope. or not peer to you? Nope. But it's your Everyone network. works together. Doesn't matter. We but work it, together. But it's your network. You're in Stevens. I mean, not, not you specifically, but you and Stevens specifically. It's your network. I mean, so I guess what I'm saying is, although I feel like you're a peer, I, I can't help but also shake the notion that you're not my boss, but you're not the same as me. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm again, paying you. Well, right, exactly. And and it's not. And I don't. Again, I don't mean that in like a, in a nasty way. It's just that it, it's not entirely apples to apples because you are providing me with money, as you just said, and all I'm doing is talking to my friend. You know. So at the same time, my friend is also my boss. Except you're not really my boss because it's sort of a partnership between the two of us and so if you told me you didn't like the way i was doing things i'd take it under consideration and then do whatever the hell i damn well please you know what i mean it's like a, it's a very peculiar relationship that i don't think about it that way very often but you're sort of my boss i don't think of it that way and, and i and i think i think the reason that most people i i would expect at relay fm don't think of it this way either is because it's not how i act i would agree with that and and I don't act that way because I don't think that way, mm-hmm. right? So like for me, everyone that is a part of Relay FM works with us, not for us. Hopefully, not against us. <laughs> uh, we work together to do this because it just makes more sense that way. I think there's there's no there's nothing to gain. For for me or Stephen to feel like we're in control, right? It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, what do we get out of that? Like just a feeling of superiority. I, I I genuinely think that we've been able to be as successful as we are because the people that work with us feel like they're working with us, and we're in a collaborative environment. Yeah, yeah. It it probably sounds less genuine because I'm just agreeing with the things you said about how awesome you are. But it's true that uh, both you and Steven are extraordinarily collaborative and you are, are very much not prescriptive. And, and I think that's a great thing. And, and I think you guys try as hard as you can to be as even and level as you can with everyone and, and to disclose you know, whatever you think is pertinent to everyone in a way that maybe a traditional boss and, and subordinate relationship, you wouldn't disclose these sorts of things. And, and so, yeah, I, I do feel like it's all a partnership um, between all of us. I think it's easy because as far as I can tell, we all like each other and, you know, there's no like deep, bitter rivalries or anything like that. Um, and so I think that helps, you know, I guess I'm saying in a roundabout way, there's not a lot of politics that I can tell. Maybe you feel differently. Um, but I don't know. It's, I think you guys have done a really good job of breeding a, a, a company or a group of, of inclusion and friendliness rather than having titles or stature be a thing. That we, we just have some very basic values that we work to. Like I remember 
it would have been what WWC 2015. Me and Stephen were on our way to the Macworld offices where we were going to record Clockwise with mm -hmm. Jason and Dan Warren. It was the first time me and Dan had met. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe at that time it was the first time that anybody who didn't work for IDG had been on Clockwise. I think that. Oh, that interesting. A, okay. Yeah, that was a fun thing that me and Stephen got to participate in. Uh, foreshadowing completely. There was, <laughs> you know, like think of what then it was, I don't know how long it was until, I can't remember how long it was, maybe like four or five months until anything would happen with, with Jason and, and Upgrade and Clockwise, etc. Um, and we were just talking about something because on that trip we were talk we knew what we were were getting ready to do and we were starting to talk about things together about how these you know we we're going to play this stuff out and work out what our company was going to become um, because we decided it was something that we wanted to do and I remember I, again I don't remember how it came up but there was just something that we both decided on which was just that working with people would come before money. So, like, if there was a, a question of money, like, let's say that somebody thought that they should be paid something that they weren't, or there was a problem that meant that, you know, that some money wasn't paid correctly, or whatever it might have been, that the people come first, because without the people, there is no more money. Yeah. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. that makes sense? Mm -hmm. Like, it was just something that we, we thought, like, let's just think about this now, and deal with this now. Like, if there are any problems relating to money, like, we'll just deal with it in the mindset of like the people come first and that that was just a, that's something that was very important to us um, yeah it's funny you bring that up um way back when actually roughly this time in in 2013 i remember vividly having a either i am or i message conversation with marco and this is before neutral started and i think at this point he was trying to get a sponsor and so there was some discussion of money being involved and I remember him saying to him, or maybe he said to me, but we said to each other one way or the other, you know, hey, I don't care what happens with this, but it can't get in the way of our friendship. And I remember us like making like making a little pact with each other, like in a totally cheesy, like teenager way. But I, but it was important to both of us, you know, hey, I promise that this will not get in the way of our friendship because Mark and I have known each other for 20 some years and I don't want anything to get in the way of that. And I remember over again, I messenger or I am saying like, I solemnly swear that I will not let any of this get in the way of you and I being friends or something like that. It was, it was so cheesy and ridiculous, but it was so important to me. And, I, and I'm pretty sure I speak for Marco and saying the same that we just did not want any of that to, to, to ruin our relationship. It's one of the things about working with your friends or working with yeah, people totally. that become your friends um, is that the money is always there and it's important that it's important that you're able to separate it in some way. It's it's never possible to separate it completely, but you really have to do your best to separate it. Otherwise something's gonna break. Sure. Um and so that is that is an important thing. But anyway, we are veering way off course. So <laughs> basically, um I mean, I kind of have worked with people over ages. Like that is not a thing that phases me and it's not a thing that I think about. Like, I don't think about you being older than me or Jason being older than me. Like, these are not really things that I consider. Like, I think of people of being in different stages of their life than I am. But those stages are like being married or having kids. And Stephen has all of those things. Like, and he 
has and has had all of those things longer than many people that I know that have been married and they're in their like 40s. Yeah. Right? Because that has been a thing that has been in his life for a longer period of time. But even though me and Federico love to joke with him, he we don't I don't think of him as decades older than me. I think he's like a year older than me or like two years older than me or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, actually, yeah, he's two years older than me. But yeah, me and, me and Federico are the same age. We love to, to say that Federico, that Stephen's an old man. And a lot of that comes from the fact is that he has three kids. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, how long have him and Mary been together? Like 30 years? Oh, I think it's, I mean, it's got to be over 10 years. Like it's got to be, might be like 15 Maybe, yeah, yeah Maybe? because they were high school sweethearts, I think. Is yeah, that right? they were. Yeah, they so, were. So, I mean, you figure if he's 30, that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, and so yeah. for wow. perspective, like it's funny because in, in in some ways I think of Stephen as younger than I, and in some ways I think of think of him as older for the same reasons, you know, even though I am, you know, Plus four he, years. Oh, he collects old computers. <laughs> oh, there's help. that true. <laughs> there's that too. But, you know, he's I'm four years his senior, and yet I feel like he is way further down the path of life than I am. I have but one child who is two. In fact, Jude and, and Declan are roughly the same age, give or take like six months, but I think even less than that. Um, but but Stephen has two older children. And so in some ways, I think of him as older and, and certainly wiser than I, even though on paper by the numbers i i'm like i said four years a senior and and the same goes with jason i think you you're describing it as different phases is a very very astute way of looking at it because i don't think of jason as a different age than me uh generally speaking and then i'll go to his house and see that he has you know a 15 or so year old daughter and i'm like how is that possible but but generally speaking i don't think of him as any different than you or federico or steven or anyone else so James Thompson, who is a dear friend of mine, is is in the chat room today. James, this is very late. I, I'm not sure what, what you're doing. James is in Scotland. And he says, uh, after you get past a certain age, I don't think it makes a difference. The only thing is the occasional cultural reference that youngsters don't get. And I agree <laughs> with that. Like, James has gone on to say that he's 44. And I didn't know how old James was. Like, me and James went to go see Robot Wars together, and we, we talk about Lego together. And, like, <laughs> James is a good friend of mine, and I don't think of him as being older than me. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, it doesn't, it's not really something that I consider. Like, it's just not a thing that I really think about. Like, the only thing is, like, it's just stories are different. And, and whether that's, like, the idea of, of of cultural references that need to be explained or like the types of stories that you have. Like I have lots of stories to tell people. You know, I can sit down, I can talk someone's ear off. Sure. About things that happen in my life. But they're all things that have happened maybe in the last five years because that's when I think things got interesting for me in a way that other adults care about now, right? Like, mm-hmm. or that I care about talking about. But like, I'll talk, I'll sit and talk with James and we'll talk about like the things that he was doing at Apple. Like, I don't know. Was it, was like 10, 15 years ago or something? I'm not sure how long it was, maybe 20 years. Um, when James was, was at Apple and it's like, he has those stories. They're just, they're, they're also interesting stories. He's just had a longer time to accrue more interesting adult stories, but I still have interesting adult stories as well, but they're just of a more recent time frame. But I can still sit and talk to James about the things that he did 20 years ago because I find them interesting. And he's also interested to hear about the things that I did five years ago because they're interesting. It's like you have 
a similar amount of breadth, but not as much depth, right? You have That's interest. Perfectly said. Yep. You have interest in all sorts of similar things, but you don't have the 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of life experience that perhaps, you know, a James Thompson or Jason Snell or anyone else really has. Or if you're Syracuse, you've consumed so much media somehow, I don't know where he finds the time, that you can make a reference from anything ever. In the history of man, somehow John knows. I him. often think of John uh, like Johnny Five from the Short yep, Circuit yep, movies. Yep, yep, yep. Input, like he's just you know he's able to just consume media at a faster rate than most humans. Yeah, I agree, and I understood that reference. He ri- he rides the thirty second skip button on on TiVo because <laughs> he, that's how he consumes TV shows. He just watches yep. them skip, and then he fills in the gaps, and then that's it. Seriously, that's all it takes. So I uh, I was writing my notes this morning after I'd had the uh, opening the cards moment. <laughs> so you will see now that they start to take a strange turn. Okay. Uh, and and I, I start to be a little bit like, I don't know, like thinking forward to the future. Uh, and it's like, and I think to myself, like, I wonder what it will be like in 20 years when I'm in my 40s and thinking about who I'll be working with. Like, that's a weird Ooh, thought to me. That is super weird. Wow, I never thought of it that way. Because there could be somebody who is in elementary school today yep. that could be our peer in 10 or 20 years. Like, look at when James, you know, he had since clarified it was 20 years ago. When James was at Apple, you were nine you know, approximately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so here we are. I mean, you've Oh, my been- God, I nearly just destroyed my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have to, you have to be Sorry, careful. James. You have to be careful with liquids when you're recording. Not that I know, but um, but yeah, you know when you're in, when you're in elementary school or, or whatever the Brits call it. and I don't mean that in a nasty way. I just I, I can never keep what you guys primary call. school. There you go. Thank you. Um, when, when you were it's in a way school, better system. Primary, secondary. Yeah, well, that's but, what we call them. So wait, when does secondary start? At what age? Um. Yeah, way better system. I see how it is. Like. No, it's just just come terrible with ages. Like I don't know when you're like twelve or something. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Eleven or twelve. Yeah, we have we have elementary, middle, high. I mean that's right, but it says three, and that and those those three words do not have any kind of link. Well, middle and high, elementary, I guess not. So why you know it's yeah, a, we have primary and secondary. Fair enough. In any case, the point the I'm I'm di- I'm causing a diversion again. So the point is that you know there could be some nine year old that may or may not be listening to us right now. That God willing, if you and I are still talking to each other on on a microphone and people actually care enough to listen in twenty years, or maybe we're doing some sort of VR meetup every night every week. Who knows? But whatever the case may be, if we're still talking in twenty years or the equivalent, that nine year old could be our third host on Analog. Who knows? Yep. I mean, how trippy is that? I, I didn't never thought of it that way until you, I saw this in the I show did. notes, and my mind exploded. I tell you why I think about it. I think about my age because of Leo Laporte. Okay. Leo is 60. Oh, is that right? I, I wouldn't have thought yeah. that. I thought he was younger than that. I, I just looked that up. I thought he was in his 50s still. Mm-hmm. But Leo has been, you know, he's been podcasting for 10 years. He was in radio, doing technology stuff in radio before then. You say what you will about him. I, I, you know, I don't listen to as many shows of his as I used to, just as my tastes have changed. But every time I do, I continue to remain astounded by just how much he knows and how current he remains. Yeah, with yeah. technology, and I really hope that I'm able to do that. Yeah, because for two reasons: one, 
because I still want to be able to have my own career in entertainment focused on technology, whatever that's going to look like, because it won't be podcasting in 40 years time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it will be. You know, you joke about like VR or whatever. And the, the actuality is the thing that it will be doesn't exist now. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, like YouTube has been around for 11 years. So, wow, you that's know. wild. Yeah, think about that one. Well, it's been a little bit longer, but Google bought them in 2006. Sure. God, that's so, crazy. Yeah, but they weren't very old at that point. Um, and I think to myself, like, I want to remain interested in this stuff because it's interesting to me, but I also want to be able to continue doing what I love for a living and what I love is communicating about about the things that I care about. And I, I just think about that, and I'm like, will I, will, will I still be able to be doing this when I'm 60 for whatever reason? Like, will it all work out for me? And if it does, will I still be good enough? And that's an interesting thing that that plays around in my mind when I think about the fact that I started this route when I was 27, and. I, I don't, you know, like in, in so much as being able to do this professionally, um, I guess really I, I started this when I was 21 or 22. God, that's crazy. And, and I think to myself, all right, you're approaching 10 years, like quicker than you know. Um, in, in 2020, I've been doing this for 10 years, a decade. And... I feel like I've, at this point, I've put a lot of that time in and I think, can I do this for another 40 years? I don't know. And it's not like, well, I want to because I'm sure I will, but it's, can I? And that is just a very interesting thought for me to have. And I started my own business at 27. I think that's younger than most people tend to do these things (laughs) for them to be successful. I'd say so. And that is also scary. Because I have a way longer time to screw it up. You also have a way longer time to make it amazing. And I, I'm not- so I do think to myself, right, like in the same vein, where will I be in 15 years? Sure. In 15 years, I'm going to be in my early 40s, which is still prime time, right, for mm-hmm. working. What, like even in 10 years, I'm still in my 30s. Will Relay FM be celebrating its 12th year in business? In 2027. I have no idea, right? Like, I, at this point in time, I don't think we're going to fail. I think think that that this medium has played out to the point now where it's going to be around for a long time. And also... I think that me and me and Steven are focused enough that if things start to go south, we will have another plan. Like, we don't have that plan yet, but we don't need that plan right now. But, like, if things start to change, I think we'll both start thinking about what we want to do next. If we haven't already made that my mind up then. I agree. Before then. You know, like, we're both clearly becoming interested in video um, and, and what that might look like. So, you know, we're, we're, we are an ever-adapting couple. You know, we we think about these things and we work together with these things, and you never know. Like the Relay FM in five years, it might be a totally different thing, 
right? Like Relay FM might be, as you say, primarily VR talk shows. We that don't be, know. Right? That'd be so weird, but it could be. I would totally do that, by the way. Um, oh, I know you but, would. But, you know, like, my point is, like, with where I am kind of right now and looking into my future, I still have, like, a long runway, and I can't really predict where I'm going to be in 10 years' time. Yeah. Like, I just, I can't work it out. Like, I really can't. And it's kind of, I think of it as more of an interesting thing than a scary thing. Yeah, I'm not. Understand. I'm not concerned by it because I'm 29 years old and I own a successful business. I feel like at this point I'm gonna be all right. Like <laughs> that, that I can do it. You know, that that if I have to move on to something else, I will probably do okay at it. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I'm confident enough in myself then. But uh, it's it's still just like a super crazy thought. Like, what do you think about? Like, you've got what? Like another? You? I mean, you probably have like another forty years ahead of you of working time as well, right? Like, uh, realistically, I mean, let's see. If I were to retire at sixty, which is aggressive, that would be twenty five oh, years. Come on, man. I mean, you never know. You think you'll be able to retire at sixty? It's possible. I mean... Wow, you must have a good pension. No, I don't have a pension. That's the thing. But I mean, not in the traditional uh, sense. Not in the traditional sense of the word. Okay. I mean. uh, like, and I say that because like, my dad worked for IBM for 30-some years, so he literally has a pension. He is going to be paid for the rest of his natural life because he spent so much time at IBM. And mm-hmm. and that is not something that you really see any companies doing anymore. Um, but no, I mean, 25, 30 years from now, what will I be doing? And and, you know, the, the obvious answer is I'll still be either writing code or managing people who write code. But, you know, even though I am nowhere near itching or I'm not as itchy as I was to go independent um, now that I've switched jobs and I'm in a much happier place with my job, it's still something that that is in the back of my head. You know, could I make a go of just being Casey Liss Internet celebrity, you know, <laughs> or something like that or Internet, internet pundit? Um so I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I mean, in, shoot, in 10 years, as you've been talking about, Declan will be knocking on the door of, te- of being a teenager. How weird is that? I mean, that's insane. Um, there may be another Declan at that point, so to speak. Who knows? Um, but gosh, I, I don't have the faintest idea. And to be honest, for better or worse, I don't typically think that far ahead. I think, you know, maybe a year out, maybe two, but not that kind of distance. I mean, I'm I'm just... I'm writing what is a uh, what has been a very good three or four year wave, and I'm just hopeful that I can ride it as long as I can. But, you know, because this podcasting thing for me started in 2013, and I never in a million years would have thought that that. Well, I mean, I I didn't think neutral was going to go on for that long, and it didn't. But never in a million years did I think that and that um that ATP would have started and be continuing. And to be honest. I don't. I never thought analog would have the legs that it's had, and it still kind of amazes me that that people are excited I to listen. To I us. don't believe it. I really don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised. I mean, we, next episode is episode 100. How did that happen? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Honestly, like no, just because it was like, what were we gonna talk about? Yeah, like, exactly. We knew what we wanted to cover on the show, and then. As of a lot of shows that I've done, it becomes its own thing, you know, after a while. Yeah. But, you know, the, 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 
weirdly, again, thank you, everyone. Like analog is is maybe more popular now than it's ever been. That's excellent. Yeah, which is which is baffling in the best possible way. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like I was actually talking to a couple of coworkers um, last week about about the fact that I have a couple of podcasts and and I find myself describing the two shows as my popular one and my other one, which I don't mean it's like a disparaging thing. It's just kind of that the way is it is. Heartbreaking. Oh, come why on. would you? Uh, I'm sorry. Why? Well, but why the, would you say that? Well, but the thing of it is, the thing of it is, is as I got talking a little more, now I feel sufficiently guilty. Thank you. Uh, now I got, now, as I got talking to, to these two a little more, um, I, I I said, well, you know, one is about nerdy stuff, and these were not developers I was talking to. So, so one is about nerdy stuff, you know, it may or may not interest you very much, and the other one, um, well, it's kind of a human interest show about my co-host and I, and. Wow, that sounds really self-involved, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's kind of what it, what we've turned into. And the fact that any of you want to listen to it is is extraordinarily flattering. And and I've said this regularly, although I don't know that it makes the cut into the into the portion of the show that we release. I think it oftentimes hits the cutting room floor. But the fans of this show are some of the most genuine and generous fans of anything I've ever seen in my life. And whether there's 10 of you, a uh, hundred, a 1, thousand, 10,000, whatever, the fact that you guys are so nice and so thoughtful and so empathetic is something that is a tremendous gift to Mike and I. And this was not on the, on the agenda to talk about, but since we've somehow landed here, um, I am extremely thankful that, that this show is still a thing and that all of you have listened to it and participated in it in a way that, I never really expect it to happen. I think at this point you're stealing from next week. Shoot, you're right. I probably am. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, I'll just expect more of that next week, guys. And who knows? Maybe by next week this show will be the popular one. You know, it could be. It very well could be. <laughs> I'm never going to live this down, am I? Nope, you're never going to. And it's something that you're just going to regret saying. <sighs> But uh, you know that's my birthday gift. It. That's my birthday gift to you, Mike. Happy birthday! So you're so thoughtful. Mm. You're just so thoughtful. Mm. Um, I'm still scared of being in my thirties. It's Why? approaching. I'm Why? still scared of it. Uh, because it's all you know. It's all gonna start getting real. Then is it though? Well, in my thirties, I will be getting married. And starting a family. Okay, that's real. But that has little to do with the fact that it's your 30s. It's just the way the, the chips have happened to have fallen. Well, I mean, yes. And also just because, especially with the starting a family part, you can't really go too far into the 30s mm-hmm. before you start doing that if you want to do that, right? Like yeah, I yeah. I don't think that you can get that far. But even... You know, uh, science is an incredible thing. Um, I don't want that to be the case. I don't want to be 60 when my kids are graduating from university. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't, I'm just, it's just, I just don't want to be that. Like, that's, that's not, I don't want to be like granddad age to my children. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear that. And I mean, and to that end, you know, if Aaron and I were to conceive and have a kid this year, 
you figure most American kids are roughly 22 when they graduate college. I'll be 57. I mean, that's insane. My, um, my granddad, my, uh, well, I call him grandpa. This is mom's dad. He got this like sweetheart deal. He was also an IBMer. I got the sweetheart deal from IBM and retired at something like 53, 55, something like that. Whatever the number was, wow. it was absurd. He was absurdly young. I mean, most of my life that I've known my grandfather, he's been retired, which is insane. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, he, he was retired at that age and, I will, if, I mean, this is all hypothetical, but I could have a kid graduating college at that point. You know, that's just, that's bananas. Yeah, that is crazy. But yeah, I'm 29 years old and I'm thinking ahead now. And uh, we both are, you know, we're thinking about this stuff. We know where we are. I'm um, talking about me and Adina, not me and Casey. I mean, <laughs> also me and Casey, of course. And we know we know what we want from life. Yes, you're going to um, move to the United States immediately. I can't even we, make that joke right now. No, I no, because uh, do you know what? Actually, we probably couldn't. Um, anywho, uh, uh, we know what we want from life. We know what we want together. And we just know that if we want to do it all the way that we want to do it, we've got a handful, a generous handful, but a handful of years in which to do it in. And I think that that is just the realities of the 30s. I think that that is pretty normal, right? I think this is the type of thing that people think about in their 30s, like, if there, if you want to do these things and you you're you're in a relationship, well, maybe now is the time to do them. Yep, that makes sense. I mean, I'm really amped and excited for you, and not to say that you're not, but oh, I am. I very much am. But the excitement is also terrifying, right? Because it's all unknown and it is exciting. So it's like that is not a a bad. I don't consider that a bad thing, but I think that it would be foolish of me to not be scared of it in yeah. the nicest possible way no, that totally makes sense and you know uh james thompson who is apparently guest starring on this episode by proxy he's got a lot of really <laughs> small things to say like he, he really does uh he was saying in the chat um that you know in your 20s you don't really know what the crap you're doing um but once you hit your 30s you kind of understand where you are and what you want to do and obviously, I'm I'm not even halfway through my 30s yet, but that stands to reason. I think when I was in my early 20s, I was barely a human. When I was in my mid 20s, was when Aaron and I met, and at least I had the wherewithal to to marry her before she uh, realized that she could have done so much better. Uh, and then uh, by the, my late 20s, I was starting to really get my feet under me, um, career wise and life wise. And now, you know, a few years on from that, I feel like. I'm in a pretty good spot. Like I'd said earlier, I'm riding a really, really good wave and I'm petrified because you can't ride a good wave forever, right? No matter how nice you are, no matter how good you are, no matter how lucky you are, you really can't ride a good wave forever. And I've been on a good one for a long time, which makes me very fearful. And this is a very pessimistic way of going about life, but it's very, it makes me very feel fearful that some shoe is going to drop. That being said, the third, my thirties have been really good to me so far, and I'm and I'm really really lucky 
that they've been as good as they have. And I'm going to grab the nearest piece of wood, which just so happens to be uh, emblazoned, emblazoned with the Relay logo, and I'm going to knock on wood. You did mention pessimistic take. And I just, again, bear in mind, I'm having just some feelings today. So <laughs> please, you know, just understand that with what I'm about to say. I, I like the idea of like in your 20s, you don't know what you're doing. And in your, your 30s, you figure it out. I, I would maybe say that there is the a potential here of like, in your 20s, you don't know what you're doing. In your 30s, you don't have any choice anymore. Hmm, that's like, interesting. When point. you're in your 20s, you can get away with not knowing what you're doing. But when you're in your 30s, you don't have a choice. Like, sure. the career that you're in, very likely to be the career that you will remain in for many people, right? I think that that is a fact, right? That Once people get into their 30s, they kind of settle into what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. for their lives which i think is part of the whole idea of not knowing what you're doing when you're in your 20s is because you should be if you want to be mo- like moving changing career that kind of thing this is the time that you would do that if you're going to do it this is the time you would do it um and i just think that by the time people get into their uh by the time that people get into their 30s you you kind of like where you are it's kind of what you have to double down on because you put a lot of time and effort into it. And this is what you know now. And it's harder to move around because you end up with more commitments in your life, more uh, serious adult things. So, yeah, I would maybe say that, like, you know, in the nicest possible way, that that you, you can be a little bit pushed into that. Yeah, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head that that it very well could be that you just have so much momentum and so many things that are taking time away from you outside of work that making some sort of uh of grandiose change is not easy at all no it isn't um you know and i go back to my story of when i decided to quit my job when i did because it was like if you don't do it now you might really struggle to do it later yeah yeah uh, remember, kids, existential crisis. <laughs> I think this happens, right? When yeah. you when you get to this point, you're you're, uh, you're in your quarter life crisis. It's just running a little bit late. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Pingdom. You can start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com/analog. When you go there. You will bag yourself a 14-day free trial to get a real sense of how to use Pingdom's service. And then if you also use the offer code analog at checkout, you get 20% off your first invoice. I've spoken about Pingdom's service. What is Pingdom's service? Well, Pingdom gives you powerful and easy-to-use tools to keep your website reliable. So what Pingdom do is they will monitor URLs. They'll monitor your website and they check when it goes down. When it goes down, they tell you. That's how they keep your website running better because when there's a problem, they tell you about it so you can go and fix it. You don't want to be finding out that there is an issue with your website because people are emailing you or tweeting at you or texting you or calling you. This is not the way that you want to find out that there's a problem with your website. Like If you have a a store, an online store, on your website, uh, but, and you, you know, you're on your website at that moment, and you're looking at your lovely homepage. 
But there's a store, and that store functionality might be kind of like you might be using server hosting for that or something. There's a problem with there, and the store's down, and then your livelihood's taken away from you. But you don't even know because you're on your homepage. You don't want that. This is the type of stuff that Pingdom can take care of. They have over 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as often as every minute. And they're able to monitor complicated websites, all the complicated sites that we have these days, websites with several dependencies. You know, if maybe you have that store and you have your blog and you have your contact form, you have your login or your search functionality, Pingdom can monitor all of these independently so you will know if any of these problems occur. If any of these parts of your website have issues, you'll find out. It's not just about your whole website anymore, but of course, Pingdom take care of that too. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every single month on the web. It's one in 400,000 every day. And these are just of the websites that use Pingdom. So this stuff breaks people and it breaks all the time. All Pingdom need is the URL you wish to monitor and they take care of the rest. You don't want to be caught when someone wants to access your site. You need Pingdom. Check it out today and you'll be the first to know when your site is down. What a, it's an interesting line, that one. Right? It's like, <laughs> Pingdom will tell you about bad news. But it's bad news you want to know about. Because it's the type of bad news that if you don't know about, it can get worse. Go to pingdom.com slash analog for a 14-day free trial. Use the code analog at checkout to get 20% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. Good deal. All right, so let's do a quick round of follow-up since we're in the middle of the show. And, uh, since, perfect time. It's the perfect time. Right, since John doesn't listen to it, we can get away with it. Uh, tell me about the flat. What is the flat update? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about this this John Syracuse thing here. I mean, it is very frequent that you guys are two ads in before follow-up ends. Yes, but it started in the beginning, generally speaking. But you are right. Well, I mean, we're following up on last year's show by talking about my birthday. Ah, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> so uh, let's do a, a flat update. So uh, we have Hue Lights now. Okay. Which, yeah. I'm, which I'm a big fan of. Oh, you were talking about this on uh, Connected this week, weren't you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Hue Lights, Hue Lights are they're a big deal in the house right now. Everyone's really excited about these. Uh, we have uh, lamps that came from Ikea, obviously. And these lamps take two different bulbs in them, and that's that's nice. We like those, and we're able to uh, we're able to set the Aurora Sunset um, or whatever it's called theme inside of the Hue Lights. Have you ever played with these at all? No, um, we have some Lifix lights that were uh, given to mm. me actually a couple of years ago now, and I like them in and of themselves. But the problem I have with any sort of um, like internet connected light or, or network connected light or however you want to phrase it, smart light, smart bulb, is that I don't want to have to use my phone in order to turn a light on and off. And as I was listening to Connected, I thought to myself, why on God's green earth would you want to have one of these in a lamp? That makes no sense. And then as you continued, you said, oh, well, I tell the tube to turn them on and off. You know, hello, tube turn on the living room light or whatever, however you guys have set it mm-hmm. up. And that, okay, I can I can kind of understand that. That makes a lot more sense. But like the lights that we have, the, the Lifix lights that we have are in a fan that's in our master bedroom. And 
we just basically turn them on and off with the light switch, which is not the way you're supposed to use smart bulbs. And the only the only thing that makes them smart, I guess, is that uh, every once in a blue moon, we can change the color of those lights. So if for some reason we wanted it to be anything other than like a whitish yellow, we can make it any color under the rainbow. But but we don't really take advantage of them the way one would expect. And and so what I'd what I'm curious to hear, even though this is not a technology show, is do you think you would find the find these lights to be as useful if you didn't have some sort of oral way of turning them on and off? No. Okay. So I really like the control center switches. I like the app. It's all good. I like being able to do it on my Apple Watch. But if I was just using a smartphone to turn these on and off, it would annoy me. Because one of the great benefits that I have now is I can walk around my house and as I'm walking around my house without anything in my hand, I can be turning lights on and off. Because mm-hmm. all I need to do is just, just say it. Yeah. I don't even, and, and like today, like I've been kind of, as I've been doing this more and more, I've been putting it through its paces a lot more. So like, for example, I will say, I will say like a uh, tube, turn on the office light <laughs> and it will do it. And and I've been saying it in that way, not being like, hello, verily dear tube, if you would not mind. <laughs> you know, like how you like really like amp it up when you talk to these things. Sure. I've been kind of trying to just throw this stuff out there a little bit more because this is the great thing about the Echo is it does do a really good job of hearing you. And because we have our house pretty well spread with these Echoes now, um, you can kind of just say it wherever you are and it's fine. Um, I, I uh, Rafola in the chat room is asking if I would give up the granular, the granularity of the color and brightness, for example. Um, I couldn't give that up. I couldn't. I wouldn't give that up even if I couldn't talk to it. Um, now I have the fact that I can do the color stuff and the and the fact that all of my light bulbs are in these lamps stuff are dimmers now just by design. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to give that up now, but I wouldn't be as happy with it. You know, like would I? Would, you know, if 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 uh, all of the voice assistants stopped working with these bulbs, would I get rid of the bulbs? No, probably not. But I wouldn't be as satisfied as I am with them right now. Fair enough. I I have plans to change all of our lights in the future to these things. Oh, like all of them. That's intense and expensive. But hey, if you like it, you like it. It is expensive, which is why it's a long-term plan. Um, But I really like it because it has flexibility. And that is not something you typically get out of your lights. And and flexibility, not just because, oh, you can make them change to be any color. Like, it's not, like, I love that. That is great. But you can do a lot of really smart things when you start chaining this stuff together. Like, it is possible to, and we don't have this set up right now, but it's possible for the app to detect when you're nearly home and turn all your lights on for you. Hmm, That's pretty cool. It's possible to set up an IFTTT action to turn lights on when the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you can make all this stuff really smart. And one of the reasons that we haven't done the, you know, I'm not planning on changing the, the actual light bulbs for the time being is that it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, because you would also, in theory, want to change the light switches. Yeah. Mm hmm as well and and, and uh, Philips and other smart bulb manufacturers make their own switches which are kind of cool um or that cuz i i wouldn't want to have no light switches but i would be replacing them for the smart light switches sure yeah we actually it's funny you mentioned that we um 
we had a Bel- uh, or a Belkin Wemo Insight switch that we've used for various things on and off throughout the house. We only have one of them, but it's been moved around the house to do various things. Like for example, this Christmas is the lights. wall outlet, right? This correct. Is between the wall outlet and the plug. Correct. Correct. You yeah. stick this into the wall, then you stick the plug into this, and it basically gives you an internet-enabled plug. And so we used it for like Christmas lights, for example. So they would always come on and dusk and and go off when we went to bed or whatever the case may be. And we actually just added a Wemo light switch to Declan's room because we found that we like to have his overhead fan on when he's going to sleep, but we don't like it to be on all night, especially in the winter, because it ends up getting relatively cold in his room once, you Mm -hmm. know, the thermostat turns down, et cetera, et cetera. And rather than having to like open the door and and peek our heads in and flip the switch, now thanks to this Wemo light switch, we can just be on our phones and then turn it off from bed. Well, then I realized, well, actually, we don't even need to do that. It's a smart switch. So what we've ended up doing was establishing a three-hour timer. So three hours after you turn it on, which is longer than his naps and approximately the right amount of time for evening, it'll just turn itself off, which is awesome. So little stuff like that is really nice and does make a difference. Yeah, I'm... We have those Wemos. Uh, I bought a couple of them because mm. I got a, I got a deal when I got the um, the Echo. You could get it with the Wemo switches, mm-hmm. but we don't have them. Use, we, they're not using. We're not using them with anything yet, um, just because I haven't found anything that works. There are a few things that I would want to use it with, like we have this this fan, like a like it's a hot cold fan, the Dyson fan that we're in mm-hmm. love with that we use in in our bedroom. And I would love to be able to to use that to turn it on and off, but you still need to turn it on with the Dyson remote. Ah, uh, right, right, right. So it's like we're still turning, like you have to turn it on and off there. It doesn't matter. Like I, what I really would want to say is like, hey, cylinder, turn on the fan. Yeah. And it then the fan turns on, but it, we can't do that, which is a shame. Well, you know what I really want? I want a little voice-activated thing that can press a physical button. That's what <laughs> I really want. Oh, man. That's or funny. like something that can flick a switch. And I know that sounds so silly, but at that point, you can make anything smart. Hmm. Right? Any, something yeah. that can pr- press an f- actual button for you. I really want that. <laughs> oh, James, again, you, you're killing me today. A child is his answer <laughs> for that. Wow. Uh, that's what I'm looking for, a voice-activated child. Oh uh, we got a lot more IKEA furniture. Oh, by the way, the the couch is here. Oh, you remember excellent. the couch we were talking about? Mm-hmm. It arrived. It arrived on like the sixth of January. I can't even talk about it. I just can't. I can't talk about it. Okay. I love the couch, but the process was the worst. Sure. Uh, we had like six more pieces of flat pack IKEA furniture to build. Oh goodness! On Saturday, it arrived at uh, eight in the morning. Mm-hmm. We were building IKEA furniture until about eight o'clock at night, but now our house feels like a home to me. Good, that's a good sign. Yeah, I I really feel like it's there's just more stuff in it. We have like a bookcase in the hallway. We have a little shoe cabinet. Um, we have a a large cabinet in the bathroom that has a mirror on it. We finally have a mirror, which is great. I'm so happy about that. Um even though the cabinet doesn't open because we decided not to get legs for it because the legs were ugly. <laughs> but that means the door doesn't open because the door's touching the floor. Oh, wonderful. 
Yeah, so we're going to get more of that. Um, I uh, David is 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 laughing about like how in the chat room how difficult it can be to build IKEA furniture. I actually quite like it. Um, we bought all this stuff off off the internet online. We bought it all online, and that means I didn't have to go to IKEA again, which I'm very happy about. I, I love going go back to IKEA. Again. Oh my god, I love going to IKEA. I love again, going to IKEA. I will like it again when there is a long time between me going. Yeah, I went I too many times within two weeks. I went like three times in a week, remember? Three times in one week. Yeah. Two times in two days in that week. Yeah, And how um, far, you said it was like an hour's trip or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. Um, so I will, we will go back to Ikea when we next need like inspiration, but we didn't need that for this stuff. We'd already seen all of these things. We had them in our mind. Yeah, and I love it. Like we have, like just we, it's just it's fantastic now. I love our house so much. It makes me so happy, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very 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 happy with it. No, oh, that that's awesome. That's the way it should be, and I'm glad it's worked out so well. Now you'd made mention earlier that you are going to the gym again. I've been once. Okay, I went once last week. Realized how horrible it is when you go back to the gym again after a while <laughs> and you can't move probably for three days. Right. And I wanted to go today, but a ton of things got in the way today. I'm planning to go tomorrow and I will go another time this week, at least one more time. I'm taking it very easy right now because I'm kind of building my way into it. Because look, I know there are people in the world that love the gym. I hate it. <laughs> I do not enjoy it. It doesn't matter how often I go. I went three times a week for like a year once. I still didn't like it. It's just not a thing that I enjoy. It's not your jam. But it's at the bottom of my building. I have no excuses. So at the moment, I'm going there. I'm doing some like cardio-based stuff because that's the stuff that I can take. And then eventually, I'm probably going to look into getting a personal trainer again for some stuff uh, or maybe doing some classes or something so this isn't swimming this is like lifting well you said cardio i so. wish man man if if there was a pool in my building i would go like four times a week i'm not even kidding i love swimming swimming i really enjoy i really enjoy swimming all other types of activities I do not like exercising activities. I just don't just don't enjoy them. I do not enjoy them. But right now I'm like biking, you know, like stationary bike or a cross trainer and stuff like that is what I'm going to be doing for the time being. Fair enough. All right. Uh, you want to do a quick beard update. Uh, how's your beard look? My beard is getting longer and it's making me happier, but it's still not long enough. That makes me sad. Well, it makes me happy gonna, that you're happy, but it makes me sad. Are you going to make me sad? Am I going to make you sad? Uh, no. Yeah, if you, is your, your beard still going? It is still going. It is still a thing. Um, I don't know. I, I've I've gone back to waffling. I think the last we spoke, I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I think in just a few days prior, I'd actually kind of liked it. Now I'm back to waffling. And part of that is, I think, because I've seen a few people lately who have been like, oh, it looks really good. I like it. And you're one of them. Um, and so that makes me feel a little better about it. But I don't know. You I look still... so good. 
<laughs> well, seriously, and I'm not just saying it because I like beards. It just looks good on you, which know. is why I've always bugged you so much. Because any time you have ever grown more than just stubble, it just it's a good look on you. It's just a good look on you. You need to just. Just suck it up. It's for everybody else. This isn't for you anymore. <laughs> you know, the thing of it is, is that I've thought to myself, and, you know, there there are things that you do for your spouse because you love them. And even though I'm not in love with the beard, I thought, well, maybe this is something that Aaron really likes. And if Aaron really likes it, then maybe I should just keep it because it's not all about me, darn it. And so um, so I asked her just the other day, you know, what what do you think about this? Like, do you want this to be an all-the-time thing? I think she was telling the truth. I don't think she was just placating me, but she said, no, no, I don't think it's an all the time thing, but I do like it as a change of pace thing every once in a while. So with that in mind, that's probably how I'll treat it is that maybe I'll let this go for another couple of weeks or maybe a month or something like that. And then at some point I'll, I'll rip it off, so to speak and, and leave it off for a while. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll be like a winter thing. Maybe it'll be seasonal. Who knows? But We'll see what happens. I would like to advise you very strongly not to try and rip it off. Yeah, that that's probably not a wise choice. It's not a good idea. <laughs> All right, Mike, tell me what else is awesome. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at Blue Apron. They deliver seasonal recipes along with fresh, high-quality ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone, whilst also supporting a more sustainable food system, setting the highest standards for ingredients and building a community of home chefs. Blue Apron's seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Their beef, chicken and pork come from responsibly raised animals, and their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. Each Blue Apron meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Everyone's busy these days, and home cooking is a daunting task. But if all of the ingredients are sent to you, you know they're good ingredients, and you can make the meals in less than 40 minutes with great instructions, why would you not want to at least try it? And with new recipes every single week which you can choose from, why not give it a go? You're going to get a great variety of new food in your life that you can choose for yourself, or you can be surprised by Blue Apron's culinary team. No recipes are repeated within a year, so that variety just keeps on going. You'll be able to cook meals like crispy barramundi with quinoa and roasted carrot salad. There are two ingredients in that recipe. I don't know what they are. (laughs) I think you mean Um, quinoa. Quinoa. Or quinoa. I mean, this is an English America thing again, right? I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Cheddar cheeseburger with cheeseburgers with frizzled onions. No, I think that's an onion <laughs> and romaine salad. Or what about vegetable rice bowls of cauliflower, gailan, and fried eggs? Blue Apron's meals are so fancy that sometimes you don't even know how to pronounce them. Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental US. There's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. And their freshness guarantee means that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. 
Check out this week's menu and get three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash analog. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. Visit blueapron.com slash analog. And we thank Blue Apron for their support of this show on Relay FM. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. You know, sometimes you just don't, you just read words, you know, you only ever read them in your head, so what does it make a difference? And yeah, like quinoa bizarre. is a word. Quinoa is something that I'm very familiar with as a thing. Like, I've, I've heard that. I, I've heard of quinoa. But do you know what doesn't look like the word quinoa? The, the Yeah, the, the selection of letters that go Q-U-I-N-O-A. Yeah, there's a really great commercial I, I keep quoting um it's a bud light commercial where I, I won't ruin it it's all of 30 seconds but we'll put it in the show notes and it's it the the premise of the commercial is about how you pronounce quinoa which which is mispronounced as quino which i've already given you the punchline now but uh anyway you should just watch it it's, it's a funny commercial our good friend mark is back and mark you may remember previously has given us long lists of relay of fields and mark sent these this list in to us so we're going to do a lightning round today excellent so I'm going to start. I'm going to ask you the questions, Casey. Oh, okay. And then I will answer them afterwards. Okay. That's just the way we're going to do it. Uh, what speed do you prefer to listen to your podcasts? Uh, generally speaking, the overwhelming majority, I think on Overcast, I have in the midline between 1x and 2x. I'm going to stall You're for time. Devil. Oh, I'm sorry. Really? Yeah, well, you let... listen? Oh, All right, well, let's why? look at. Because that's the way I like to listen. Let's look at the 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 show that I happen to be listening to most recently, which just so happens aye, to be uh, connected. And mm. now I got to figure. out I mean, where... how are you taking in all the knowledge? Uh, quickly. Kind of so quickly, yeah. So I am. I was correct. So if you look at Overcast, which is the podcast client I use, there's one X and two X, and there's six. Hmm. I'm sorry, five pluses between them, and I am on the middle plus. So. Uh, two two between or two over from one x and two over from two x. That's where I generally listen. Shows that I don't listen to often or that I'm not trying to get every word out of, I'll listen to at nearly two x. So as an example, I've been wow. listening to I've been listening to uh, the Ben Shapiro show when I have time, which is and he's a conservative uh, talk show host. And so this is not my politics, but I like but I like the show because even though I just vehemently disagree with a lot of the things he says. At least he has some amount of reasoning behind it. Um, so in any case, so I'll listen to that at darn near 2x because if I miss something, it's not the end of the earth. But the overwhelming overwhelming majority are at about 1.5x. How about you? 1x with smart speed. Smart speed is as much as I can do. I can't. I can't do any faster. Hmm, interesting. Wait, but that's not, you didn't ask me the right question, did you? Or I ignored it. It says, what speed do you prefer people listen to your shows? That is not the question I answered, whether or not it was what you asked me. I asked the wrong question. Okay. So everybody gets a bonus answer. <laughs> but honestly, I, I, my, I prefer people listen to the way that I listen, which is at most a smart speed or a silent stripping function. I I prefer people to listen to my shows at 1x. But honestly, listen to them however you want to, just keep listening. Yeah. But I I prefer them to be listened to as close as they are to how they're recorded. You know, like I really hate when when something like Smart Speed or or a Silent Stripper would mangle up music 
know, like so much now that when we work on new pieces of music or find new pieces of music for a show, uh, me and Stephen do this quite often. Um, and I encourage other podcast producers to do the same, to to upload the uh, the music to the inbox, the Overcast inbox thing, and see if Overcast chews it up. Mm-hmm. And if it does, then it's not going to be very good for the, you know, maybe you want to find something else. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm glad you backpedaled a little because I honestly don't care how people listen to the show. I, I want you to keep listening, and I'd like it if you heard most of what we have to say. But if that's at 2x because you're a maniac like underscore David Smith, because I think he listens at like ridiculous speeds. Oh, does he leave it? Does that 2x? I, I don't know if it's 2x, but I know he listens I... absurdly quickly. Um, or if you're like Mike and want to listen at 1x. Whatever. doesn't matter. Do, what, do what's that's best what, for you. Yeah. I agree with you. Listen however you want to listen. I would just really would love it more if you listen to one. <laughs> All right, yeah. what's next? What is the oldest device or machine that you use on a regular basis? Uh, up and t- I'm going to cop out and tell you one that 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 I've just replaced, but was far and away the winner that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, the router that we use. Um, the way Fios works, which is the particular internet service we have, there there are intricacies that I'm aware of that I'm going to gloss over because it's not the point of this. But the way it works is you have your internet come in through a coaxial cable, the same cable that cable TV comes off of. So you have to use a, a router that, that Verizon provides because pretty much no routers on the market that a regular consumer can buy have have the capability of taking internet in over coax. And so up until earlier, well, I guess late last year, we were using our router that we got in 2008. Um, and so that was probably the oldest. Actually, that's not true. We have a, a laser printer that's freaking ancient. I don't remember how old it is, but it is ancient. So that's probably the winner. So I take that back. How about you? How old is the iMac 5K? Uh, mine was bought uh, almost exactly a year ago, I believe. Yeah, like because I can't remember if the iMac 5K or the 12.9 inch iPad Pro is is which one of those is older. Oh, I think the 5K is, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I know that they were really close. I know I think they were within like a month or two of each other of being released. Mm-hmm. Um, I would maybe say that it was probably like they probably would have done the Mac event in October. I mean, it doesn't matter. So one of those is the winner. Yeah, and it's because this is the wrong time to ask me. Because so many of the devices that would be old devices for me are like my non-computer work devices, right? Right. So they would be... Oh, actually, do you know what? My USB Pre 2 is older than both of those. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't win for me, but that is a good point. Which is my... That is my USB interface for my microphone. That's probably the, the thing that I would point to, which is used frequently, is thought about. Like, I, I don't know how old, like... The external hard drive I have backing up, you know, like I, I, that's not thinking about stuff like that. It's like useful things that I use frequently because I've had to replace so many things. It would have been my TV before that, right? Like the TV that that we were using before was was like ten years old, but we just bought a new, pretty freaking awesome TV that I love so much. Um, so yeah, that's probably it's probably that. Um, I don't know how old the TV is that I have in this room that I have my PlayStation hooked up to. So I'm going to say it's either out of that TV now. I'm looking around my room and finding new things. It's either uh, my room. I should say I'm looking around my office. It's not my room anymore. Indeed. It's my office. Uh, it's either my, my USB interface for my microphone or my TV that I have my games consoles plugged into. 
Fair enough. If you couldn't use computers anymore, what would you want to do for a living? What would I want to do? Uh, I'd probably want to be like a mechanic or something or, or somehow be associated with like driving race cars, be that driving or working on or being a team captain or whatever coach, if you will, a manager, you can tell how little I know about race cars. Um, something related to cars. I don't know what, maybe even a journalist, uh, for, you know, cars or computers with, you know, but I, obviously that, I guess but that you involves, can't use yeah, computers. I was going to say, I guess that involves using computers. <laughs> Uh, I guess like a mechanic or something, because as I've said recently on on ATP, I have a lot of pra- or a lot of theoretical knowledge, almost no practical knowledge, but I really enjoy cars. So something involving that. What would you do? Again, like to say no computers is a real stretch. It's like because I would say radio DJ, mm-hmm. um, and like music, not talk. Yeah, like okay. I, I would want to be like a, a radio DJ playing music, talking, you know, but like not a talk radio host. Sure. Um, because I've always liked the idea of that. Uh, but of course, there are computers involved in that. It's like no matter what profession there is these days, there are computers involved in it. If I had to have like a, a job that had no computers at all, then I would be building something. But I don't know what it would be. Oh, maybe because uh, I was gonna say like, like a Lego creator, yeah. like the, <laughs> the the actual job that Lego have called creator, which is the people that build stuff. But they they use software design programs. Oh, interesting. Um, to, okay. to create the Lego, yeah. Like before they build it, like how else are they gonna? You know, I know how they else they could know, but how else are they gonna work it out? Um, if you could fill in as a host on any other podcast, which one would it be? I think the obvious answer is the talk show, just because I feel like, as we've talked about on the show in the past, I feel like it's a rite of passage. Um, I don't know if I'd be any good at it, but I think it would be amazing to be asked. Um, I, yeah, I guess I would have to go with that. I would like that, but I don't really consider that filling in because you're not f- the guest changes. I, if I see could your fill point. in okay. for a regular host mm-hmm. of any other show. I would fill in for you on ATP. <laughs> Just enough. because I, I feel like I would play the role that you play if I was on that show. Sure. Right? Where, like, I feel maybe even to a different level. Like, I feel like I would debate with Marco and scream at John. <laughs> right? I feel yeah. like that's how it would go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Uh, if it was a permanent basis, um... oh, not permanent. I, I wouldn't. I I couldn't. I couldn't be a permanent host. Oh, well, okay. Uh, so of by... ATP, because I don't know enough about. I don't know enough about Pearl. I wouldn't be able to make the jokes. <laughs> you think I do? Um, I guess. I guess. Okay. So more along the lines of what you were thinking of, if it's not a guest-driven show, I would. I would love to fill in for. John Unreconcilable Differences. I think that'd be pick number one, followed very closely by filling in for you on Upgrade, because I'd love to talk to Jason in that capacity, and then followed closely again, so this is third place, but very, very close together. I think me on Cortex would be fun. Because yeah. I, I have met Gray. I really uh-huh. like Gray a lot. I really, really uh-huh. do. 
But the way he micromanages his life, I find to be utterly bananas. And just going back and forth with him about that, I would probably end up ruined because he would be able to talk his way around me. But, or, you know, he would be able to shut me down because he would have good answers for everything. But, man, would that be fun, nevertheless. This is the thing. This is the thing about Gray. Uh, and, and doing that show with him is you will eventually come around to his way no. of thinking because he's so good nope. at putting in not not like that you will do what he does but in that you will find it hard to argue with him because he's so well able to put into context the things that he's doing nope no way challenge you just said you just said he would argue through, like he would argue it through with you. Oh yeah, and and, and they, I would, I would leave there thinking, I understand that why that works for Gray, but no freaking way. Hey, that rhymed. But <laughs> that's what I mean, though. That no, I'm not. I'm not saying that you would do what he does. I'm just saying that he would, he would be able. He's able to argue so articulately and well for his own point of view that you would come away from it being like, it works for him, and I can see why it does, even though it's not yeah, for me. I guess that's fair. Because I am that way a lot of the time. But like, he does these things that I don't want to do, but I can see why they work. Yeah, I can understand that. If you didn't have each other, me and you, mm-hmm. who would the best co-host of Analog be? So it's still me, but I have to replace you? Yep, you have to replace me. <sighs> no pressure. Now I see why you wanted me to go first. Uh, your phantom twin brother that we never knew existed. Now, um... I don't know. I, th- I I honestly don't know what my number one pick would be, but I can throw a few options at you. I think Steven is an obvious possibility. Um, I think I think it could be fun to do a show with Dan Morin. I think Dan and I are very, very similar in a lot of ways. And uh, We're talking about analog here. I know. You don't, All right, you cool. Don't, you don't, okay. th- you don't think right. that that would work? Okay. I don't know. I don't know how close you and Dan Warren are. We're I mean, not that terribly you know. close, but I feel like since we are, I feel like since we're cut from a similar cloth, not unlike you and I, I think that could make things interesting. Um, so I think Stephen or Dan are interesting choices. I mean, obviously Aaron could be an interesting choice, but I don't know if like, I don't know if a, if a human interest show on a couple is really a, a particularly wise choice, nor would it necessarily be that great to listen to. Um, and the only other thing, the only other person I can think of off the top of my head, because I didn't look at these before we recorded, is I miss having Faith on podcasts, and I really enjoyed when she guested on this show. So I think having mm-hmm. Faith would be would be really fun. And, and Faith and I are not nearly as close as you and I are, but I, I really enjoy Faith, and I think she's she's enough in touch with her feels that I think she could she could fill in for you pretty well. So here's my problem with this question: I have many people that I talk to in the world that I talk to about how I feel and they talk to me about how they feel. Mm -hmm. But you are the only person that I know that I could do this show with. Yeah, yeah. I I think I feel pretty much the same way. There is nobody else that I know that would be willing to share their feelings in such an open and honest way with me in the way that I like to with you. Mm -hmm. I don't think there is... there. You are the only person that would give back to this show what I want to put into it and vice versa. Sure. But if you had the, to. If I had to, I think the only person that I can think in my life that would that is emotional openly enough that it could potentially work is Federico. 
You know, that's a very I would I would be very interested to hear you and Federico actually. That's a really good call. I don't think I don't think Federico and I would work, and that's not Federico's fault. I just we don't know each other near as well as you two do. Um it's it's a it's our fault, you know, Federico and me. But you and Federico would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I have many close friends, you know, my bestest friends, who I talk to about these types of things very frequently, but I just don't know if they would be comfortable talking about it regularly. And I think maybe Federico would be the closest to being comfortable mm. to talk about it. That, that was a really good answer. That's what I try my best to do. What is something that you hardly ever eat, but really look forward to? So the rare occasions I do eat it that I'm really, really, mm-hmm. really excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, funnel cakes, <laughs> uh, which is fried dough, but I say that mostly jokingly. Uh, a couple times a year, and Aaron and I did this for our dating anniversary a couple of weeks ago. A couple times a year, we'll go to a very fancy steakhouse in Richmond. It's a chain restaurant, but um, but we've never had a bad experience there, and it's called Fleming's. It's actually owned by the same company that owns Outback, which, which is not selling it well. But it's a very, very, very fancy steak restaurant, um, and it's a little bit of a drive from here. Uh, it's, it's in the greater Richmond area, but on a different part of town than where we are. Uh, so it's like a 20, 30 minute drive. And, you know, uh, a steak is probably like 40 or 50 bucks, you know? So it's one of those things you don't do this more than once or maybe twice a year, but Holy crap. The, the food there is just phenomenal. And, and I love it so darn much. And it's it, the, the food is great. The service is great. It's just everything about it is impeccable in a way that only like Disney world is, you know, it's just, perfect from start to finish and i really enjoy that now i could give you a million answers of other things that that we could feasibly do like for example going to john's of bleaker street in new york you know but we, we do that maybe once every two or three years you know not not potentially annually what about you shake shack interesting is there one in I, london there are a ton in london oh, okay. not a ton but there there are a handful in london so i will eat a you know I don't know how many times a year, but it's not like a no times and it's not like all the time. But it's sure. I would consider it hardly ever because I would like to eat it all the time. Um, I love Shake Shack. It's not the best burger in London, but it's the best fast food burger in London. Mm-hmm. And as like a combo like of their fries, especially their cheese fries and their milkshakes and their burgers, it is a really it does a really good job of that. That's fair. Huh, that's interesting. Um, sort of along the same lines, I think that uh, In-N-Out Burger, which is only on the West Coast, I think that is... I love In-N-Out, but I've only been there once. Mm-hmm. I happen to think it's overrated. However, I still deeply look forward to it because of scarcity, if nothing else. And last one today is, what is something you're dreading to do but can't get out of? Hmm... I'm sure there's a thousand things, but sitting here now, I can't really think of much. Not looking forward to dealing with taxes coming up. I mean, that's not an unusual thing, but, um, and I do have somebody that, that helps us with it, but I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, geez, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I'm sure there's something, like, I don't mean to dodge the question, but maybe maybe you answering will, will, will give me a thought and give me some inspiration. I don't have a good answer for this one. God, honestly. how lucky and obnoxious are we? Well, I mean, I just don't have anything that's happening in the near future, which I'm really, like, dreading. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I haven't had a, uh, I haven't been to the, the regular old checkup doctor in a while, and I really need to make an appointment for that. So it's well, been... all right. The gym tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> done and done. So basically being healthy is what we're not looking forward to doing. Uh-huh. Doctors and gyms are the worst combo.